Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. So good. So good. Crew, thank y'all for leading us so strong tonight. To our family, how y'all feel? Everybody doing all right? Doing good? How you feeling, really? Y'all good? I wish you could, I could hear you, could talk back to you, but um, man, um, we miss you guys, for real. I love the opportunity that we have every week to link up t- with you together, wherever you are in this unique season. Um, excited for next week, the opportunity to, to do the same thing, to link up with you again, but also to get to see some of you in person and um, really just think that God is doing so many amazing things in this season, and it's been an honor to get to to be with you guys throughout it all. Um, but man, I'm excited for tonight, and I'm excited for this message. I really am. It's been um, challenging me in a lot of ways, convicting me, encouraging me, and I hope that it does the same for you tonight. Um, but as I was thinking about this talk tonight, I started thinking about some of the things that we say to kids, like I have one daughter um, who just turned two a couple of months ago. I have another uh, girl on the way this summer in June. And um, maybe some of you tuning in, maybe, maybe you have kids or maybe you have nieces or nephews or little brothers or sisters or whatever it might be. And you know some of the things that we say to kids or some of the things that maybe you heard when you were a kid. And it's things like, you can do anything you put your mind to. And that's awesome. Like, I'm sure I've told Willow, my daughter, that a number of times. I will probably continue to tell her that a whole lot more times as she gets older and older and as she grows up and becomes an adult. And, and I think that that's a, a great thing to tell kids, that you can do anything you put your mind to. The problem is, I just don't know if it's true. Now, now stick with me, stick with me here. Like, I'm not saying it's not a good thing to say. I'm not saying that there's parts of it aren't true. I want Willow to believe that she can do whatever she sets her mind to. But I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, what if I want to dunk a basketball? My parents told me I could do anything I wanted to do. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to dunk a basketball, you guys. Then there's this other one. There's this other one that's like, hey, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Again, great statement. Not saying that it's not like there's not some truth to it, but there are probably some limitations. Like what if I want it to be, you know, like um, the world's strongest man when I grow up? I just don't know if God designed my body to be that. Maybe some of you are like, no, Matt, you're, believe, man, just go for it. If you just work out every day, all day. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Because the dudes that I see that are in the strongest man competitions, like they don't look like me, you know? Or how about this one? You've heard it. You can, you can say it with me in the chat. Like, I don't even have to finish this one. But sticks and stones may break your bones, but words may never hurt me. And come on, like the intent of that statement was good. I really think that whether that was your parents who told you that or whether that was like your aunt or uncle who told you that, your grandparents, a teacher, a friend, a coach, whoever it was, I think the intent of that statement is good. Like what they were trying to say to you is, hey, words don't have to define you but they still hurt, right? Because words matter. And and come on, you know this to be true. Like, I don't have to convince you of this. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. See, words can have power in a negative way. Like all of you can think of a time or two or a whole lot of times in your life when someone has said some words to you that hurt you. 
and you think about the thing that was said or the things that were said or the way they talked about your performance, what you did or didn't do, and it hurt. And even though that was a long time ago, like that was in elementary school, you still can't help but at times replay it over and over and over again in your mind. And every time you do, it still hurts just like it did 20 years ago when you first heard it or 15 years ago, however long it was. But also your words have hurt others. Like you can for sure think of a time or two in your life where you have said something to someone else and it was almost as if the words were coming out of your mouth in slow motion, you know, where you were trying, like, as you were saying it, you were like, oh no, you were trying to like stuff the words back in, but it was too late. It just came out. And you're like, man, I was just trying to be funny. I was just kidding. I was just being sarcastic. I didn't really mean that, you know, and you like apologized in the moment. You're like, I'm so sorry. Like, seriously, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean that. Like, you know, I'm just kidding. But yet something about that relationship changed forever in that moment and you know it and they know it too. But words on the flip side, can also be used in a positive way. Like words can have power in a positive way as well. Like words can literally give you life. All of us can think of a time or two in our life where someone said something to you, they encouraged you, they told you, they gave you some feedback on something that you recently did. And you were like, man, I was having a bad day. I didn't really believe in myself, but now like you, you literally do feel like you can go do anything. You feel so good. Their words gave you so much life, it built you up. But then there's another layer, another element, if you will, to this conversation that hasn't been around forever, but it's definitely around and present in today's world and culture. And it's social media and texting. Social media and texting is now an extension of our words. And isn't this true? Social media and texting have made it easier than ever to say whatever we want to whoever we want, whenever we want. Social media and texting has given us what we consider to be like the freedom to say whatever we want to say, whenever we want to say it, to whoever we want to say it to. And texting and commenting on posts and even unfollowing people at times has become a language of our culture and an extension of our words. And listen, our words can either give or take life away. Our words can either build up or tear down. Our words can either motivate or manipulate, either celebrate or curse. And tonight, as we wrap up this series that we've been in for the past few weeks, Walk It Like I Talk It, Walk It Like I Talk It, part four. Tonight, we're gonna look at when James reminds us how powerful our words truly are. And so we're just gonna dive right into James chapter three. Check this out, beginning in verse three. James writes this, he says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. So what is, what is James saying here? Well, he's saying that there are some really small things that can have a really big impact. Like small things can guide and lead really big things. The tongue maneuvers the whole body. But this is key what James says here. He says, yes, there's someone, like there's bits that you can put into the mouth of the horse that, that guides the horse. I don't know a lot about horses, but I did some reading and like, this is true. There's a pilot that can steer the rudder. But our tongue 
is a small part of the body, but what he's saying is it can have a massive influence. But here's the, the good news. The good news is that we're, we're ultimately in control. And the reality is you can control your, your tongue or your tongue will control you. You and I, we have the, the option, if you will. We have the, the ability to control our tongue, but if we don't intentionally control our tongue, then we will unintentionally allow our tongue to control us. James goes on, look what he says next. Very next verse, verse five. He says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Whoa, like James, this is strong language. And I think he's intentionally using this strong language. And he gives this example. Hey, think about a forest. Like a forest can be set on fire by just a small spark. And usually when a forest fire starts, it spreads quickly. It gets out of control quickly. It brings about immense destruction. And sometimes it takes a really, really long time to eventually get it under control. But even by the time you get it under control, it has caused so much damage to everything it touched. And your tongue is the same way. Your tongue can cause that type of destruction in your life. Your words matter. Your words have power. Your words, in fact, exhibit the power to influence the health of your relationships and the course of your life. This is what James is trying to say here, that your words, my words, exhibit the power to influence the health of your relationships and the course of your life. They can influence the health of your relationships. And here's what I mean by this. If you always gossip, then people aren't going to trust you. If you speak with sarcasm and insults all the time, you insult people, that's just how you, you operate. You're like, man, I'm just a sarcastic person. Then guess what? People ultimately aren't going to want to follow you. If your words are just full of pride and arrogance, then people won't want to be around you. If you're constantly one-upping someone else, then people aren't going to want to share anything with you. If you consistently complain about things, like you're just the person that everywhere you go, every situation you find yourself in, good or bad, you, you can find a reason to complain. It's just like kind of what you're known for. Then people aren't going to enjoy your company. If you are someone who exaggerates, like you just kind of tell the half truth, but you always add in something that's not really true to make the story sound a little bit better, then people won't believe you. If you consistently go to social media and texting and hide behind a screen to have hard conversations, then people aren't going to respect you. And if you tear people down all the time, then people are going to avoid you. This is why the people that you and I love the most and respect the most, their words are loving. Their words are transparent. Their words are real and authentic. Their words are life-giving. Their words are empathetic. Their words are respectfully and lovingly honest. See, your words impact the health of your relationships, but they also impact the course of your life. 
And this shouldn't like be that big of a surprise for us because usually the direction that you're going in life, it has a lot to do with the health of your relationships, right? Like if you have healthy relationships in your life, if you have a healthy circle of people around you, then you're way more likely to be going down a healthy path in life. But on the flip side, if you have unhealthy relationships, then you're more than likely to be going down maybe an unhealthy path in your life. So your words impact the health of your relationships and the course of your life. There's a quote from a scholar. I was reading this earlier in this week, and it's a scholar who wrote about this verse in James that we just read. And look at what he says. He says, be hateful with your tongue and you will be hateful with other aspects of your behavior. If you do not discipline and purify your speech, you will not discipline or purify the rest of your body. Like write that down and go read that a few more times later and just think on this for a minute because that's like pretty deep. He's saying this, hey, there's a direct correlation between your discipline and purity of your life and behavior and the discipline and purity of your tongue because it'll eventually roll out into every area of your life. Because ultimately what, what, what you have on the inside of you will come out on the outside. James goes on, look what he says in verse nine. Check this out. He says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Rhetorical question. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. James is just getting straight to the point here. When I was studying this verse this week, it hit me. James, what he is saying here is that we cannot praise God and curse his people. Whew, some of us, we, we need to sit on this for a second. Come on, right now you get on social media, you go and, and you, you, go, you get on Facebook. I know some of you are like, I, I stay away from Facebook because like my parents are on there. I get that. Okay, you get on Instagram, you go wherever you want to go. You just walk around, you know, the city. And it's so easy to start just criticizing people. And maybe you have a good reason to criticize them. But James is like, hey, hey you can't praise God on Monday nights. And then on Tuesday morning, criticize his people. That's not how it works. Like, this would be like someone coming to me and being like, Matt, I think you're so awesome. For real, man, I love you. Like, I'm grateful for you, but I hate your daughter. I hate her. For real, like, I don't like anything about her. I know she's only two, but she just, she annoys me. Uh, I don't like the way she dresses. Um, yeah, she's, I just, I don't like her. I don't think she has a hope and a future for her life. And I would be like, yo, yo, you can't sit here and tell me that you care about me and you're for me and, and then say that you hate my child. And, and God's saying the same thing. Hey, you can't be going around saying like, oh God, like I love you so much. You know, you're a man of your word, like singing all these songs to me, telling people about how much you love me, reading about me in the scriptures every morning. And then you go and walk and you live your life and you just, you, you criticize other people all the time because those are my children. And man, your love for me, your vertical love, it needs to overflow and extend in your horizontal love. And if you wanna know how people are doing in their love for God, a really maybe easy way to tell is just look at how they're doing in their love for other people. 
Because if this is off, I can just about promise you something here is off. And the opposite is true as well. What James is saying is that the duplicity of our tongue reflects the hypocrisy of our heart. And man, we all, we all struggle with this. This hit me. Like, as I'm speaking to you, I'm, I'm not just coming down on you hard, saying like, we got to, no, no, this is me. This is me. Ultimately, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say to us is that we need to respect the power of our words. Guys, we have to respect the power of our words. We cannot underestimate how much our words matter. And how, how do we do that, you might ask? Well, first, I think you have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself the question, when are you most prone to be careless with your words? Like, when does it feel like consistently your words are just coming out? There's no filter. It's like, man, I just, in those moments, that's when I just say things that I regret. And like, I don't even care in the moment. But then like later on the next day, I'm like, yo, what was I saying? Is it when you're angry? Is it when you have conflict or tension in your life with somebody? Is it when you're trying to be funny? You're just trying to get people to laugh. Is it when you're trying to get even with somebody else? Is it maybe when you're trying to prove a point, like you're just trying to win an argument? Or is it maybe even when you're, when you're behind a screen? Like, are you consistently careless with your words when you're hiding behind a screen, commenting, feeling like, oh, I can kind of say whatever I want? For me, what I've realized is that oftentimes when emotions run high, control of the tongue runs low. When my emotions are stirring, my control of my tongue runs low. Like if I'm angry, if I'm frustrated, if I'm stressed out, guess what? At home, I'm much more likely to say something to my wife, Ann, that I'm going to regret. It's almost like, it's like clockwork. Like if I'm, if I'm, emotions are running high and I speak, then I'm probably gonna say something dumb. And if you're tuning in, like you can give me an amen, it's cool. The second way I think that we can kind of identify this and help ourselves out when it comes to controlling our tongue is the advice that James gives to us a couple chapters earlier in James chapter one, verse 19 and 20. Look, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, speaking to us, he said, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. James says, hey, everybody, no one is like, you know, gets it out here. Everyone should be quick to listen and listen, listen, see what I did there? Listen, dad jokes. <laughs> Listening is not our default because usually, and man, this, this is so true for me. I'm just being honest with you. We're usually quick to respond. Like when I'm in a debate or an argument with someone or even just talking with them for that matter, you know what I do so much? It's so annoying. Like I feel it in myself. I'm like, Matt, why are you doing that? As they're talking, I act like I'm listening, but I'm actually not really listening. I'm just thinking about how I'm going to respond to them. And so when they finish talking, or maybe when they don't even finish talking, but when I feel like I can interrupt and it's not like so rude, but just a little bit rude, I'll cut in and I'll say what I was thinking about saying. James is saying, hey, don't do that. He's saying, be, be quick to listen. Like slow down, 
And in doing so, you're gonna actually hear what they're saying. You're gonna develop some empathy. You're gonna be able to ask better questions. You're gonna be able to get to know them. And then whatever it is that you are gonna say, you're now gonna be way more informed to actually say what you really wanna say. See, being quick to listen is the difference between waiting to respond and seeking to understand. So many of us, we just listen because we think we're trying to figure out how we're going to respond. No, 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 we should listen trying to seek to understand. And then James goes on, he says, be slow to speak. And what he's saying is, here is, hey, create some space between listening and speaking. Like when the other person is speaking to you, you don't have to respond right away. Like it's okay to, to hear what they say and then just sit for a second or two. And James isn't saying don't speak at all. He didn't say don't speak. He said, be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Like just give it a minute, give it a breath. Let God kind of inform your thoughts. And let me just say one more thing on this topic. If you feel like you need to say something to someone else, but you can't say it to them in person, then don't say it through a screen. If you can't say some, something to someone face-to-face -face in person, because you feel like, ah, oh, like it's not gonna go well, like I could say it to them, but I'm not going to, but I'll say it to them through a screen. I'll text it to them. I'll send them a DM. I'll comment on their post. No, no, no. If you can't say it to them face-to-face, -face, then don't say it through a screen. And then finally he says, I'm sorry, let me, let me tell you really quick about why being slow to speak is so important. It's because being slow to speak is the difference between helpful and hurtful words. Ultimately, that's it. It's the difference between you responding with helpful and hurtful words. And finally, he says, be slow to become angry. Be slow to anger. And listen, James is not implying or saying that anger is, is in and of itself a bad thing. No, because anger actually can be a good thing. There is such thing as like a holy or righteous anger from God. Anger is often the thing that moves us into action. Like I get really angry when I see people who are being treated with disrespect. I get angry when someone takes advantage of someone else, especially someone that I like care about, someone that I have a relationship with. I get angry when I see racism and injustice in our world. That gets me angry and it should get me angry. But James is saying, hey, hey just be slow to become angry. And being slow to anger is the difference between constructive and destructive behavior. And man, all of us want to use our, our words. We wanna use our emotions for good, right? And James is saying, if you can just do these things, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, then your words are gonna give life. Your words are gonna make a difference. God wants to use your words for good. There's this author um, that I follow and he, he said this, he said, your words are either bullets or seeds, meaning that your words will either give life or they will take life. And listen to me, as a, if you're a Jesus follower tuning in tonight, if you're not a Jesus follower, then I guess you're like, you're, you can just tune out for the next 20 seconds. But if you are a Jesus follower, this is not optional. Like you can't be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm not really gonna think about my words, you know? No, no, no. Our savior, Jesus, 
He is the giver of life and we are to follow his lead. And maybe you're like, well, Matt, this is hard because you don't know my story and you don't know the words that people have spoken to me. And you don't know when I think about this conversation, I think the only words that I can hear in my mind are negative words. Like you gave that example at the beginning about positive words spoken over your life. I can't think of a time in my life where I've really had positive words spoken over me, at least not from a person that like I love and care about deeply, not positive words that actually sunk in and made a difference in my life. I hear you. But can I tell you the words that Jesus has spoken over your life? Jesus spoke over your life. He defined your life. He spoke powerfully over you long before anyone else, any other human spoke their opinion. And Jesus says to you, whoever you are, he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, you have worth, you have purpose. Listen, listen, listen. To God, your life was worth his son. Let me say that again. To God, your life, you tuning in who you feel so broken, you feel like you are so, you've missed the mark so many times, you feel like you've blown it. To God, right now, just as you are, your life was worth his son's life. He sent Jesus to the cross to die on the cross for you. Soak that in, breathe that in, hear those words, fearfully and wonderfully made. There's only one you, you're unique. Your life was breathed into, the, into existence by the God of the universe. He looks at you and he says, you have no idea what I see when I look at you. You have no idea how much I say you have value. You have no idea the purpose that I have for your life. If you could see just for one second what God sees when he looks at you, you wouldn't believe it. And if you could just soak that in, imagine the power you would have to go live it out. TLR, that's, that's my prayer for all of us. It's my prayer for this ministry is that we would be a people, we would be a community, that more than anything else, we believe what God says. We believe the words that he says about us and we let his words define us. We let his words guide our words. Because once we do that, we'll have the ability to go and walk it like we talk it. Our actions will align with our words. And man, can you imagine the impact we could make in this world? God used 12 men who were following him to change the world. He could surely use a few hundred college students to change a city. So heavenly father, God, I'm, I'm asking this with, with full faith, believing God that you are doing it and that you're gonna continue to do it. I'm asking God that you would use this ministry, the living room here at Buckhead Church, that you would use us, God, to be your hands and feet in this city and beyond. God, I'm asking us, I'm asking you that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we just heard. And God, that you would give us the courage to go do it. God, above all, we, we need you. We need you, Lord. This has been a tough season. 
And God, ultimately, there's, there's nothing else that we need more than you. We need your hope. We need your peace. We need your purpose. We need your comfort. We need your joy. And so God, in these final few moments that we have tonight, as Desi and this team sings this, these truths over us, I just pray that you would breathe something fresh inside all of our hearts that you would remind us of who we are, that we would hear your words and your words would impact our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to stay connected, follow us on Instagram at the Living Room ATL. Remember TLR fam, we love you, we're for you, and we'll see you next time.